Welcome to the Cheapskate Show. This podcast is all about free stuff and cheap stuff and all our favorite ways to save money. In this episode, we're going to talk about where you can watch movies absolutely free online, whether or not a bidet can really save you money on toilet paper, and lots more. I'm Rick Broida, CNET Senior Commerce Editor, but better known as The Cheapskate. And I'm joined, as always, by my spendy friend, my early adoption agent, fellow deal guru, Dave Johnson. Hola, amigo. I got $50 burning a hole in my pocket. Where can I spend it? <laughs> I think you mean $500. Isn't that what you <laughs> usually spend on whatever crazy gear you're buying? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Let's see. You had the first TiVo, bought a like $90 million R2-D2 model. What, what haven't you bought? Recently, I got the arcade one-up Star Wars arcade, but that was a gift, so I didn't have to buy that. It still sort of came out of your household income, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, you know, that thing, you can't put a price on nostalgia. I'm, I am super jealous, and it's only because of quarantines and things that I'm not coming over to your house to play it. It's been it a month. I still play it every day. I would really love to get one of those. I think they're still selling at 500 or 400 Somewhere in that neighborhood. Mine came with the Stormtrooper programmable robot, too. Ooh. So, Dave, before we dive into this week's show, I wanted to pause for a quick correction. Last week, we were talking about the Wise Cam, that amazing little $20 smart home camera. And I mentioned that you get free cloud storage as part of that purchase. I mentioned that I thought it was about three days. And because I'm bad at my job, <laughs> I got that totally wrong. <laughs> it turns out that Wise actually gives you two weeks worth of free rolling cloud storage for that camera so really it's, it's, wow yes. because i yes. made the point that you really don't need more than a few days but two weeks that's amazing it, i that, don't even know what is. i would need two weeks of free storage for well like if you went on vacation you know for you remember vacations right you no know, was, i do not tell me more thing, rick that's that thing where you leave your house and go somewhere else for a while. I go to the grocery store with a mask on. Is that is that a vacation, Rick? Well, if you spent the night there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, the Wise Cam deal just is, is that much better. And so thank you to listener at Backyard Bradley from Twitter who wrote in to correct us on that point. And speaking of writing in, folks, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cheapskate Blog or send us an email at cheapskate show at cbsinteractive.com because we would really love to get your input on the show. What do you like? What do you not like? Do you have questions you'd like us to answer? Do you have us, do you have deals you'd like us to discuss? Anything is fair game. So hit us up. So, Rick, speaking of vacations and, and or not taking vacations, as the case may be, it seems like there's not a lot of time to just relax and enjoy ourselves these days. So, one of the things that we can offer is free movies, right? Because you don't have to subscribe to services like Netflix and Hulu and that sort of thing and pay every month. You can watch some stuff for free. For sure. Yeah. The, you know, we get into subscription overload here where it's like, you got to get, you got to have Netflix and then you got to have HBO and now it's Disney and all the rest. And of course you must have CBS all access <laughs> lest I forget. Uh, so it gets to be a lot. And if you're looking for ways to save some money, but you do not want to give up your entertainment, your movie nights, uh, fortunately there are a bunch of free 
services that have some pretty darn good movies to choose from. And when I say free, I just want to clarify that you do, of course, need to have Internet access in order to watch this stuff. So whether it's for your phone or your tablet, where you, you can watch them there or you want to watch on your TV by way of, say, a Roku or an Amazon Fire TV, you still need to have Internet. So it's or not if you request the movie, they will bring it to you on a stack of floppy disks. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can get it by mail uh, in four <laughs> to six weeks, but you'll also need to go find a, a DVD player. Anyway, free movies. So, Dave, uh, you want to mention a couple of the services where people can find this great stuff? Oh, there's all kinds of places. One of the most surprising for me is Roku Channel. Whether you have a Roku or not, you have access to free content on the web at the Roku website on the Roku channel. Did that does that strike you as surprising? Uh, it doesn't, just because there are so many other services like Crackle and Vudu where it's not hardware dependent. You can just go onto the web or or use their app and be able to watch all this stuff. But I will say that the Roku channel, of course, is kind of restricted to to the web or to the app. If you want to watch it on your TV, you do, of course, need to have some sort of a Roku streaming device or a TV with Roku built in. Yeah, there's a bunch of other services out there that offer free content. There's there's Crackle, there's IMDB TV, there's Hoopla. You, you may not think about this one very much because they don't have a lot of new content, but there's stuff like the Internet Archive, which has all these old public domain movies from the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and that's a fun place to bang around too. Do you, do you have like favorite services that you use as well? One that I really like more and more these days is called Canopy, and that's Canopy with a K. And like Hoopla, it is a library-based service. In other words, you usually your library provides it, and you often need to have a library card in order to sign in. But once you do that, Canopy gives you access to all kinds of you know. We talk about movies; these are films, okay? These are the stuff that you go <laughs> see at the art house cinema. They have a lot of the A24 stuff. They have tons of documentaries and world cinema and stuff like that. So I'll just kick this off by noting a couple of the movies that are on Canopy right now, and they should still be for a while. They, these have actually been here for, for at least a couple of months. The first is called Captain Fantastic. Have you ever seen this one? That sounds really familiar. It has nothing to do with the Elton John album of the same name, but it stars uh, Viggo Mortensen, and uh, it came out a couple years ago, and it's this just absolutely delightful little indie about this dad and his like, I don't know, six kids, and they live w totally off the grid, like in the woods, and they sort of get yanked back into the real world a little bit, but oh my gosh, it is just so clever and funny and endearing. It, one of my favorite movies of that year, so that's a great one. There's also Hunt for the Wilder People, which is one of Taika Waititi's first movies that he directed. Uh, he's directing the next Thor. He directed Jojo Rabbit, which is one of my favorite movies of last year. Anyway, Hunt for the Wilder People, again, is this really delightful, I won't say it's a coming-of-age story, but it's just this funny adventure story uh, set in, I'm pretty sure it's Australia or New Zealand. And uh, so that's a great one. Uh, what have you got? Uh, tell me what you got and where you got it. Okay, well, if we're talking films, 
with a capital F, we <laughs> have to talk about one of my favorite films of all time, The Prestige, which right <laughs> now is free on Vudu. And why are you laughing at The Prestige? That is an amazing movie. Oh, that is absolutely, that is a great movie. I love The Prestige, but that's not a film, Dave. That oh, is a popcorn movie. It absolutely is. No, that's it's not. That's a popcorn a, movie. I, I will fight you over this one. <laughs> no, it is a great movie. And, uh, you know, it's got Hugh Jackman and it has, uh, it's a Christopher Nolan film. If you haven't seen it, is any, has anyone not seen it? Well, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I feel like that was one of those movies that, that came and went a little bit. And, I, and there was this very similar movie that came out no, right no, no. around the. It wasn't similar. It just happened to also be about magicians. Cause that's the thing. The Prestige is a movie about magicians. And so was The Illusionist, which came out the same year. Well, that's what I mean by similar. <laughs> Well, that's like saying that, well, it's a movie that has people in it. It's a period piece. It's a period piece about magicians. Okay. All right, I'll give that to you. But no, The Prestige (laughs) is is a wonderful film. The, The Illusionist is is good but not nearly on the same level so so that's my first pick also i mentioned the roku channel a few minutes ago they've got contact which is also a film with a capital f do not disagree with me (laughs) oh my gosh you don't understand what i mean when i say film (laughs) (laughs) jodie foster in the finest performance of her career i know i sound sarcastic but i am not being sarcastic it's a great film it's a movie that's based on a carl sagan novel and it, I think, very credibly represents what it would be like to have a first contact with an alien species. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we not see that movie in the theater together? We might have. I think so, because it came out in 1997, which is when we both lived in Colorado. And I think we saw that in the theater together. But yeah, Contact is one of my all-time favorites. And I really think you have to see it in the theater, which, of course, is impossible now on so many levels. But the bigger the screen you put in front of you for this, the better. The movie starts off with one of my favorite bits of cinema ever. And I won't even describe it. I'm just going to say that the first two, three minutes of this movie are so dazzling and remarkable and thought-provoking, it has stayed with me ever since. That's actually been done and parodied in a number of other movies now, including one of the Men in Black movies. Yes, yeah, no, it's definitely been done a lot, but never as well uh, as it's been done here, and it still holds up, and yeah, I just, I absolutely, mad love for that movie. And let me just mention one other thing. If you like classics, and I alluded to this when I mentioned the Internet Archives, there's there's a I don't know if these really qualify as classics, but there are these old public domain films that are kind of campy and cheesy. This is the sort of place to go if you want to see like Reefer Madness or something like that. Go to the Internet Archive. It might be there. I didn't check for that one, but I did run across The Voyage to the Planet of Prehistoric Women, which <laughs> is just as bad as it sounds like. Or everybody knows about the the classic, I think, 1927 movie, Metropolis. And if I got the year wrong, please write in and, and complain and I'll apologize. But, you know, you learn about Metropolis in school. It's such such a classic. Well, you can see the entire Metropolis on YouTube of all places. So YouTube, I wouldn't discount that for looking for free stuff. So as you can see, there's a lot of like free and older things available to watch out there. But 
there's a lot of more current and, frankly, more serious things that you can watch as well. And, you know, Rick, let's just take a moment and acknowledge the fact that we're in the middle of an almost unprecedented wave of awareness about, you know, the, there's the, the George Floyd incident, that there's all the protests and, you know, stuff like that going on. And in response to that, some folks are making films available for everyone to have a better understanding of the black experience and Black Lives Matters movement and that sort of thing. Right. So Amazon is one, and I think Google Play has been doing this as well. Um, I'm not sure if iTunes has, has gotten on board with this as well. But at the very least, at Amazon right now, uh, you can stream uh, a movie called Just Mercy, uh, which came out just last year. It's starring Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx. I think it was nominated for a couple of awards and, and maybe won a few. But it's just it's a story about a, a man who is wrongfully imprisoned and the lawyer who works to get justice for him and really just has stellar ratings and sounds like a great film, but also, of course, just helps to illustrate um, maybe some of the, the history and hardship that um, uh, black people are encountering right now. And um, I'll just pause to say that w- we feel this anguish, maybe not as deeply, but but we are we're, we're aching over it. And I really admire what I'm seeing from my colleagues at CNET in the way that they're covering uh, everything that's going on. And um, there are again, there, there are movies that you can watch that that kind of help to inform and enlighten. And so Just Mercy is one of them. Another that Amazon is streaming for free, even if you're not a Prime subscriber, is Selma, which, of course, is uh, the story of Martin Luther King's March on Selma. And uh, I think if you look around, you'll probably find some others as well. So there's lots of great free stuff out there. There's lots of important free stuff out there right now. And uh, hopefully this gives you some uh, some good viewing for the days and weeks ahead. So, Dave, let's go on to our product of the week. Um, <laughs> after talking about something so serious, I guess now we're going to indulge our inner 12-year-olds and talk about pooping. <laughs> Bidet, mate. Bidet, mate. Don't mind if I bedo. Okay. Oh, these are terrible, terrible bidet puns. <laughs> so all of this is coming from a place... <laughs> can't even get through this. Uh, you know, with all the quarantining and toilet paper shortages, the sales of bidets have skyrocketed. I never had any interest, kind of the opposite, actually. I was steadfastly opposed to ever using a bidet. I... <laughs> Let me just let me just have you ever used one? I haven't because my body has a visceral reaction to the concept of having water squirted at me in that place. (laughs) Dave, you can say you can say you're bum. Oh, can I? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I know you you were pretty much the same way until you actually tried it, right? Yes and no. Okay, so what happened was um, there's a couple of companies out there that offer bidets that are really cheap. And by cheap, I mean like $100 or less. In fact, there are some that are even as low as like $50, which, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is something I really want to cheap out on. <laughs> given the nature of it. But on the other, it's basically just a, a stream of water that's that's coming from uh, from down below. So how fancy does it need to be? Yeah, and it's something that adds on to your existing toilet. You, re- you pull the seat off, and this essentially replaces the seat, and you, like, screw it into the water outlet behind your toilet, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And in fact, the, the less expensive ones don't actually even replace your seat. They just kind of install underneath it. So just it's kind of a flat thing that just goes right underneath the seat. And then you just have the most basic of controls, like basically just kind of like angle and pressure and water pressure. And yeah, they're, they're surprisingly easy to install. I'll just say that I'm surprised at how accustomed I've gotten to it. And I'll even go so far as to say I'm a convert. So the question here, I, I think, for the Cheapskate Show is, is this a money-saving thing? I mean, le- forget about the need, the shortage of toilet paper. Um, let's talk about the cost of toilet paper, both out of pocket and just environmentally. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of trees are involved in the making of toilet paper. Do you have, like, any kind of thing set up where you get <laughs> – do you buy toilet paper at the store or do you have it delivered? These are super personal questions. <laughs> I am trying hard to keep a straight face over here. Uh, no, I typically just go to the grocery store or to Target, and I pick up a mega pack of toilet paper, which lasts me for, I don't know, a couple of months, and then I go buy more. Okay. And do you have any idea what you're paying You know, for that mega pack? Yeah, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of $30, but I don't remember exactly how many rolls of toilet paper I'm getting for that. Right, but you you say you get maybe a couple months worth out of yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, I basically I've kind of thought through the math of this in my head when I was thinking maybe I should try a bidet, and I figured that it would probably if it completely eliminates the need for toilet paper, and you'll need to speak to that by the way. If it does, then I would probably if a bidet cost me $150 in six or eight months, it would have paid for itself by not buying more toilet paper. Exactly, exactly. So even if you're going to the store once a month and spending maybe $20 on uh, a thing of toilet paper, which I don't think is is, un- is unusual, yeah, you can pay for this thing pretty quickly. Yeah, I'll just relate my experience because I've, I've now tried two of these things. And one came from a company called Tushy. They own all the poop jokes, Dave, like from the packaging to the website to the instruction manual. Every poop joke you would possibly imagine, they've covered it. (laughs) I take my bathroom purchases seriously, Rick, and I don't want to be buying something with poop jokes all over it. (laughs) Well, then maybe the tushy is not for you. And, And let me just mention that if you are, in fact, going to look up the tushy bidet on the Internet, don't type tushy.com. That will take you somewhere else entirely. <laughs> okay, I learned this the hard way. <laughs> so the address for the Tushy bidets are is hellotushy.com. Okay, so just consider yourselves warned, everyone. Their most basic model is a is a cold water attachment. In other words, it attaches directly to the water inlet on your existing commode. And so and and I remember thinking initially, well, no, 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 there's no way I'm doing cold water. It's gotta be a warm water hookup. So they also have a model that can that has a warm water hookup and you'll have to run a hose to the warm water pipe under your sink. And so that's a little bit more plumbing that's involved. But even then, to get hot water or warm water from the thing, you'd have to run the warm water for a bit before it actually started to come through. So it kind of defeats the purpose. I was pleasantly surprised to discover that I didn't mind the cold water. Because for one thing, it's not ice cold. It's just cool. And it's kind of uh, refreshing. You know, it's it's kind of nice in a way. So I, I didn't mind that at all. And so once I got over that, and then once I 
got a, it's, you know, it's very weird at first. There's no, no getting around it. It's weird. And it's probably going to be weird for the first week, if not more. But once you are accustomed to it, it's completely normal. And in fact, I definitely prefer it now to the point where if I'm pooping elsewhere, <laughs> I kind of miss my bidet. <laughs> so does this in fact, eliminate the need for toilet paper yes and no obviously you sort of need to dry off a little bit once this is done and so what you can do is use just a little bit of toilet paper to accomplish that maybe a couple squares and so then you're saving so, so you're basically looking to spare a square <laughs> if you can spare a square you can uh, you can dry off your bum uh so there's that option um some people just kind of keep um hand towels next to uh next to the toilet and just sort of dab away with that that was not my preferred way to go. There is that aspect. You do have to find a way to dry yourself off. The other option is if you spend a bit more, you can get a bidet that has a built-in dryer. And it's basically just a fan that blows warm air. So, you know, you're, you're going to be spending another couple minutes uh, hanging out <laughs> while you get dry. But that is an option as well. But you're sitting there listening to the Cheapskate podcast anyway, so you may as well just listen to the whole show. And let's be honest, that that is the perfect place to listen to the Cheapskate show. <laughs> the the Tushy, the Tushy Classic is like 89 bucks, okay? And there are cheaper ones out there for sure. Uh, I've seen them for 50, 60 bucks and they're kind of like <laughs> no brand ones, I guess I would say, that will get the job done. If you want to spend 2, 3, 400 plus dollars, you can get a model that does replace your seat with one that is heated one that has hot, like a hot water tank of its own built in. So you can get warm water without a warm water hookup that has the fan. There are even some that have deodorizers built in. Uh, so these get... are the fancy Japanese toilets that we keep hearing so much about. <laughs> but this is not the whole, whole toilet. This is just an add on. Right. So obviously, if you're going to be spending that much money on one of these things, it's going to take a lot longer to recoup that uh, in terms of saving money on toilet paper. But again, I'll just say I, I am a convert and I never in a million years thought that I would be. What I think I'd probably recommend for most folks is get yourself one of the cheap ones and see if you like it. And, you know, if you spend 60, 70, 80 bucks, um, you're not out that much money and you can try it for a couple of weeks, see if you like it. And if you do, then you think about, okay, maybe I want the heated seat and maybe I want the, the fan and all that um, or you don't. But that's where I would start. Dave, have I made a sale here? I really want to try it. I honestly do. And I'm thinking, should I just go and buy the $500 one? <laughs> well, that is that is your kind of your thing. That's my MO. But yeah, I I don't like cold being blasted with cold things. And so that is my major concern. I felt exactly the same way. I hate being cold in every sense every, all over my body. I don't like being cold at all. And so it's like the first like second or two, it's like, whoa, and then it's fine. You know, it's just it's 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 not like stepping into an ice cold shower. It's just like you have this momentary like kind of wakes you up moment and then it's all good. This is one of those moments where I really would like to hear from listeners. Now, if there's anybody out <laughs> yeah. there that has tried a bidet and they just vehemently don't like it and would never try it again. 
I'd like to know. Or if you, you've converted, like Rick, you know, let us know. Please, write in. Yeah, and I'll just say that before I got started with my <laughs> putting my butt on the line, ha, 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 with this experiment, <laughs> I asked the folks on Twitter, have you used a bidet before? Because I'm about to do some testing. I'd like to know what you think. And I think I would say in the high 90 percentile, people said they love it. And I was really surprised by that. I sort of felt like this was the kind of thing where, oh, people spent a ton of money, and so they have to say they liked the thing that they bought. But no, I, I everybody said they loved it, and I, I have to agree. So now it's time for my favorite segment of the show. Rick? We've got our listener question. And this time, it comes from Twitter. We have Mpulse7, who's a great question. He says, or she says, what's been the most irritating thing about companies that try to get you to review or promote their products? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is a fantastic question. And we could probably fill several hours talking about our experiences with PR people, Dave, because this goes back a ways, right? Yes, it goes back decades, actually. The first thing I want to say on this subject, and only because we get accused of this from time to time, people are sort of naturally suspicious. They think that companies pay us to write about their products, and that is just simply not the case. We pick the stuff that we want to write about. We write about what our opinion is of that product, whether it's based on firsthand experience or just based on general knowledge. Uh, you know, the stuff we write about for the cheapskate is kind of a mixture of both. But I really just want to make it clear to everybody that even though we occasionally have companies ask us, please review our product, we'll pay you, it just doesn't work that way. Have you, have you had that experience as well with, with PR folks? Yeah, and I have to say, I don't actually, I don't know what you do, but when I get an email from a brand who says, we'll pay you to write about a product, I actually don't even reply to that email. I just throw it in the trash because that actually offends me as a, as a tech journalist that I don't want a brand to think that I can be paid off. That's, that's really offensive. Yeah. And uh, there, there may be sites out there that work that way, but, but CNET is certainly not one of them. So just in the interest of full disclosure, however, we do have arrangements with any number of stores where if you click a link that's in one of our stories and then you land at a particular website that sells uh, a product or service or whatever, we may well get a small commission if you make a purchase there. Okay. So this, and this is something that is very, very, very common across the interwebs these days, but it's not a driver for us. Okay. It's, it's a way that, that we generate revenue and, and folks, we need to keep the lights on, uh, like everybody else, but it does not drive the story. It does not have any impact on what we choose to write about. And Rick, can I clarify the we in that? Because you said, you know, we get a commission. To be clear, that's CNET getting the commission. You and I don't see any direct revenue at all from anything we ever write about on the site. Wait, wait, wait. You're not getting wheelbarrows of cash brought up to your door? <laughs> like I am not getting? Uh, you owe me a wheelbarrow. <laughs> I don't even want the money. Just give me the wheelbarrow. Yes, thank you for clarifying that. I'm, I'm referring to the royal we here. So this is, I'm talking about CNED. So uh, let's get back to the question, which is, what is the most irritating thing <laughs> about companies trying to get you to review or promote their products? Aside from the occasional, here's money, write about our products. 
I'm going to go with not doing your homework. So a company will <laughs> reach out and say, we have this amazing new curling iron, and we'd love for you to share it with readers. And that is just not my wheelhouse, folks. And if you, it would only take five seconds of internet research to know what it is that I write about. And uh, it really irritates the heck out of me when I get pitched stuff like that. Um, Dave, do you have one? Oh, I've got a couple. But probably the top of the list for me is I'll find something that I think is interesting, whether it's a gaming mouse or... Uh, I don't know, an R2-D2, you know, <laughs> whatever it happens to be. And I'll write the story, and it'll go up on CNET, and then whomever I wrote that about, and then they're going to pepper me with appeals to write about that exact same product constantly, like every day for a month, I will get, oh, if you write about it again, you know, we can give readers an extra 2% off or whatever the deal is. And that's wonderful, except I can't write about that R2-D2 every day. And yet I keep getting those over and over and over again. I'm sure that's happened to you. Oh, absolutely. It has. Yeah, I'm uh, again, we, we could spend a lot of time talking about the, the PR failures that we have encountered over the years. And let me just add that I think generally our number one priority is the reader, right? You'd, you'd agree with that, right, Rick? A hundred percent. Yeah, it's not like making a, a PR person or a brand happy. It's we want to find good deals for the readers uh, to keep them happy. Therein lies the other thing that really annoys me is so often I will get a pitch from, let's say, a PR person that's, here, you can get this, I don't know, USB key for $3. And I go to Amazon and it's selling for 250. You know, <laughs> the deal you offer me has to be better than what I can just generally find with a single Google search or else there's no point in us running it on CNET's cheapskate pages. The bottom line is there are wonderful PR folks out there and a lot of brands are really great and we love working with them. We're not trying to say that they're terrible people because they're absolutely not. It's just, you know, since we do this every day, we run into, you know, some annoyances, but you know, overall, we enjoy doing it or we wouldn't be here, right? <laughs> Wrong. I have to be here. <laughs> All right. So thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll be back next week with more deals and money-saving advice. In the meantime, you can find daily deals by visiting CNET.com slash Cheapskate and following us on Twitter at Cheapskate Blog or Facebook at Cheapskate Rick. If you have a question you'd like us to tackle or a great deal you'd like to recommend, Send an email to CheapskateShow at CBSInteractive.com. So until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay cheap.